there's a song from my kids, VBS, and it goes like this. Life can be crazy, wild and amazing. I trust in you, Lord, you are good. And then each day they would have a different verse and they would say, even when times are hard, and then all the children would shout back, God is good. And then they would give a scripture that shows that. And then like the next day they would say, when times are great, and all the kids would shout, God is good. And then they would have a scripture to support that. And they had another one, when I'm afraid, um, when I'm hurting. And it just followed that pattern for the week of VBS. And they all would come back with God is good. I think this is so wonderful to be teaching the young children this. I think we as adults forget this. Um, A friend of mine asked me if I ever felt like I was um, just losing it, going crazy and, and not my normal self when Rose was little and we lived in the hospital for months and months at a time. And my answer is absolutely yes, absolutely. Um, my whole uh, construct of the world and, and myself in it and my role in it and who was good and who was bad and who you could trust was shaken. It was all challenged by what we have been through. And I would even have days where I could wake up and trust one person and feel like that was somebody we had trust with and a relationship with and then by the afternoon hear a comment or um, get a report or hear their opinion about my daughter and realize oh my gosh they think she's better off dead and they weren't safe and that is scary and you're in this very quote unquote civilized world (laughs) We have to do teamwork and uh, cooperate with people. But what people don't understand is when you step into a hospital, so many things are happening. You step into an institution that operates in their way. And you step into a workplace that, like any other workplace, has cliques and norms and prejudice and dysfunctional interactions and then amazing gifts and and wonderful um, success it has it all and you step into it and sometimes you imagine that you matter (laughs) and some days you're just shown you're nothing why are you here and it is so crazy making so you're sometimes like that unpopular kid that's on the playground that's like be my friend be my friend and then people are like come on come on be our friend do you want to go to a sleepover and then they wait till you're asleep and they trick you or um it's that same feeling it's you're almost put on a level of a child and you're trying to discover who you can trust and not trust and the hard thing about our children even starts in your pregnancy as um, people that you feel like are in charge and you can trust they start pushing you to comfort care and then when you by the time you hit the hospital 
and surgeons and doctors and people are telling you that your child getting full care, full code, full intervention is not right. They're, they're leading you down the path to decide comfort care, to, for you to decide to keep your child out of um, intensive care units and intensive cares. And it's very manipulative because in the end, when you decide it, it's like, I think of that scene in Ariel where Ursula snatches the scroll that Ariel signs because as soon as we buy into that, it's like, cool, parents decided, mom and dad decided, mom, dad, here you go. And they move on. They all go on to give intensive cares to other people. I'm sure that other diagnoses face this prejudice or face this manipulation. I'm sure they do. Um, but I can tell you that trisomy 18, trisomy 13, we will 100% face it. It is the norm. It is the standard of care for our kids to guide the parent down the path of comfort care and then check it off their list and go on about their business because our children have not got their foot in the door yet. We don't have our foot in the door for fair care. My friend uh, Grayson's mommy wrote today an amazing statement and I'm going to misquote her because I didn't write it down but I really liked it and she said it is not cruel to give our children the medical care they need it's not so parents don't apologize for it don't feel weird for it don't think you hurt your child because you gave them appropriate breath support or you talked to surgeons Um, that is the norm like that's normal for your average person. That is what children medicine exists for. The problem is we're not told that. It's not for our kids. But that's changing. And so I hope this podcast can empower those that are just starting on their journey to know that, yes, it is so hard. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Yes, your entire world will change. Yes, you better come to terms with the demons that might tease you at night or taunt you or when you see your child just laying there, um, all the voices that whisper in your head from past consults and doctors of what's the point. Um, You got to deal with those because they will creep in and you will have to um, deal with those. But I want to tell you (laughs) that... There is an entire world treating children just like your child. There are children with CP. There are children that are born preterm and have issues and need help and support and surgeries and care. There are children with cancer battling for their lives and um, they get medical care. So your child has trisomy 18 or 13 and they need medical support and they deserve it. So it can feel crazy to start to be breaking new ground. Today in my scriptures, I was a little like taken back when I read um, Isaiah 30, 14. You will be smashed like a piece of pottery, shattered so completely that you won't be a piece big enough to carry coals from the fireplace or a little water from the well. 
you know, everything's being smashed. You know, if, if we're trying to blaze new trails and get our kids foot in the door of children medicine and get our kids in the books as somebody worthy of their care, then we're breaking ground. We're smashing lies. <laughs> we're stopping an old protocol that doesn't help. And it hurts. And it, it hurts to be the person doing the smashing. And then it comes right back and smashes our world. Now, in the context, this is about uh, Judah's worthless treaty with Egypt. So to be in the context of scripture, it's talking about um, somebody that despises what they're being told. And um, But I see a connection. So the part where it says, like bulging wall that bursts and falls in an instant it will collapse and come crashing down I think when you're a medical parent and day in day out you're in institutionalized care and you're speaking life and you're finding family amongst a business and an institution your world gets crashed and crumbled almost by the hour when you're in critical care it's much more intense because life and death is at stake here and it's just big so if you feel your world crumbling if you feel crazy if you feel disoriented if you feel like you can't be lighthearted, like going home and and being held by your partner and joking with your kids just sounds impossible it gets better it gets better. Um, I think of first responders and I think of um, people that work with uh, risky situations. They go in and they have to just battle for good, for what they believe is good and what they believe is right. And they have to um, witness and see very hard things. Well, it's a known fact that those type of professions really struggle going back into their norm, their home life, their family life, community, and just being able to be lighthearted and live their life because on the other hand, they've been in the trenches. So there's lots of different ways that those professionals are um, treated and PTSD is treated and veterans are treated. And some of it is integration, you know, integrating the two worlds, but some of it is heavily dividing the two worlds. Maybe not coming home from your day of work as a first responder and then telling your spouse every detail of everything you did and saw because that wouldn't be healthy. Um, When we are medical parents, (laughs) we don't really get that division. We need to then take our issue, which is our child's health, and needs and cares and then we need to integrate it into every corner of our life and we need to see our child beyond their medical diagnosis yet their medical diagnosis is becomes our world becomes our full-time job and we have to be both we have to be first responders we have to be Um, you know, constantly on alert to care for them. And then we have to be lighthearted, joyful, loving parents 
on top of that, we have to have some type of personality (laughs) that helps us be a member of society. When you have seen things, when you have seen very dark side of humanity, it's hard to pretend like you haven't seen it. So, some cocktails with friends or a day in the park with typical playgroup is very hard to feel normal. So I like to share with my friends, we're not normal. We're not normal. Uh, we are We are not normal. The good news is I was never normal. <laughs> so um, it wasn't that hard for me to accept not being normal. But I absolutely understand how bizarre it feels to be in our society. And for me, I am a middle-class mother. Um, We've definitely battled debt and poverty and fear of that. But honestly, you know, we have a pretty easy life. So, to put me in a situation where I can go stand in my kindergartner's line and just chat about the weather or the annoyance of traffic or the need to get away from my kids like typical people are just talking about, it all can trigger me and that's when I don't feel normal. We are a year and a half out, going on two years out from being medical parents and I can tell you it's getting so much better. Some of it is my critical internal voice has quieted. I am definitely organizing in my thought process and in my psyche and in my self-identity who and what I am and how Rose fits into that. And it does happen. So to all your all you parents in crisis mode right now, Um, or the unknown pregnant parents it gets better it you have to go in it you have to live it you have to walk into the fire and then you have to get out of the fire and then you're very disoriented and confused and you almost want to share your story with somebody but then they don't get it and so then you feel even more isolated you eventually find organization. Your brain eventually files the trauma in the right spots and you pick up your cross and you carry it and you tend to your child with a confidence and an awareness of what's to come because you've been there, done that, and you do it again. And I think that is the biggest gift. So I hope this helps somebody today. I hope you can be patient with yourself. I hope you can take a deep breath and just let the tornado circle around you and carry you to Oz for a while. (laughs) Plant you back home where you can be forever changed, forever grateful. But just know you are good enough. You are safe. And you are doing a noble thing. And I just want to say I honor you. And I support you. And you're not alone. Take care.
wanted to do a podcast on being content. I think a topic that is um, definitely ignored and not talked about enough in a community like ours, um, children with uh, medical conditions, children with terminal diagnosis, and families that need to shift their entire identity, roles, and um, activities around medical cares and around very deep, intense feelings due to the diagnosis of rare trisomy or, as many of my friends, um, T21, childhood cancer, T18, some of my friends, all of them, all of the above. (laughs) Um, We are a population that is at a lot of risk for neurological fatigue, for um, chronic stress, and to be driven to do great things. But sometimes what can fuel our motor is fear. So the word contentment and the word gratitude. I don't even know if contentment is a word. So (laughs) the word content and the word gratitude are two things that I absolutely have to embrace now that my child is 19 months old. You can only live on fight or flight for so long and truly live. Uh, My faith and God absolutely sustains me so if i am spinning my wheels and i am running in stress and fear i still receive blessings and i still am capable and i still love and i have the uh, knowledge to have a heavenly hope and be loving however just because I'm constantly praying to God and I'm in my scripture and I am finding strength in Him, there is still some internal work I have to do. And I think the Lord is just patiently waiting on me to discover that. And I think we don't talk about it very much in our community. It's kind of the extremes. Pray for us, we're getting intubated again. Yay, we're home and we all went to the zoo. There's these two extremes. Um, There is an entire middle ground that still holds just as much elation and as much fear as hospital stays and days at Disneyland. Um, Content is when we have to accept things. So, for me, I had to accept my daughter is not normal. I think this was the most freeing day when I stopped looking for little signs that Rose wasn't as T18 as her peers. Um, 
or maybe her eyebrows weren't as bushy as some others so maybe she didn't have as much T18 (laughs) Um, when I stopped searching for those things I was free to get to know my daughter and get to be better and better at giving her quality earthly life I already know that all my children and myself have heavenly hope that we have eternity in heaven and it will be perfect and I have to help myself and help my children have their best earthly life the Lord is there for us and he absolutely guides us but I loved this um, quote I saw today that the Lord is more interested in your character than your circumstance And that's true. So circumstance will be here on earth, not perfect. Circumstance will be hard. So some of the basic things of self-care apply for us as moms or the adult to calm ourselves and to take care of us. Some of that is just having quiet time for yourself. I have found nature to be unbelievably transcendental in this time. So me at 42 years old, feeling like I can practically take on the world and save my child's life and do whatever I have to do, I'm actually going to court today. Um, I feel very important. I can feel very um, entitled. Like, this is my kid. You're going to give her the best because she's my kid. (laughs) And I I do that and and I will keep doing that. But I have to find a calm in the storm. And I have to find um, joy. And those are the first to go. For me, I take up this task and um, I will do it with, with grit and... Um, integrity and conviction but I quickly lose my joy my comfort and my ease and if we look if we really believe we have salvation then we should be able to be receiving uh, fruits of the spirit and fruits of the spirit should be calm love peace joy For me, I will honestly tell you those are the first to go. And it looks like this. I can't talk to you. I have to make her feed. I still have to do her meds. Go, 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 go. I have to feed Sissy. I don't know. I might be in the hospital a week. I might be through five weeks. I don't know. If these people can't figure it out, I swear we're leaving. We might go out of state. I don't know. Okay, that's how I get. Um, In my head, I sometimes get like that on a normal day. Rose is doing good, right? I'll look at the clock. I am so far behind. She's had three feeds. Her water is not caught up. I still have to get to the doctor, and then I have to take my son to school, and then we never do homework. What is going on? Okay, da-da-da-da. And I'm just running like this. And I have had my husband, my mom, my children tell me, you are too curt. You are not available. You are somewhere else. You are uh, not yourself. 
And you know what? Part of those things I really need them to just embrace about me because I am different. I am not myself. Um, but other things I need to hear and, and work to uh, let a lot of things go. I love the concept that joy we often get from letting things go versus gaining things. And that's just a mind that just shifted my perspective and just blew my mind because when I'm a busy mom and my boys are hurting or they need things, I'm so eager to like let them work towards a goal, to order them something special, to come back from a hospital stay or a long doctor visit with a treat for them. That's fine. It's really fun to spoil and treat my kids. I think God wants to spoil and treat us. But I'm adding more and more and more. And it sometimes does not bring joy. So I've shared this with my children too. That sometimes when we take away, we can find our joy. So just the um, other day, I had to cancel Rose's physical therapy. I was frustrated because I have canceled so many. But we just did our sleep study. And I'm wanting some more breath support for Rose in the home while she sleeps. And I've been trying to get it since she was about three months old. I even can't get it when I'm in the hospital. I can't even get her on CPAP or her CO2 levels when I'm in the hospital. So I was just so frustrated trying to get it at home. But guess what? We have it now. So we have more. So if we have more, I had to stop physical therapy that day. I can't do it all. And it all becomes a burden. And it, if we truly trust in God that Rose is going to live her best earthly life and he has a plan, then we will get to physical therapy. And who knows? Maybe we'll even get to better physical therapy. But that day Rose needed to rest and I needed to rest too. So I had to cancel it. Um, I just wanted to make this podcast to all of us that are doing a mighty, mighty task. And I want to say that contentness, I just, I can't stop saying contentness. Um, contentedness and contentness might be words I invented. I'm going to look those up after this, but content to be content, to be grateful are wonderful virtues to make just a big a deal as um, life-saving cares, major goals. They are very important. I started this thing where we get geese that fly over our house every now and again. I'm determined to delight in those geese when I hear them. I almost think of like a movie, I don't know why, I think of Steel Magnolias. I think they were shooting birds in the trees in Steel Magnolias. But I just think of family and, and people loving their um, daughter who does eventually pass away. That's probably why I think of the movie. But it's, it's, a, it's a peaceful feeling um, when those geese fly over. I think of like Trumpeter Swan, a book I read in fourth grade. I think of... Um, the fact that sometimes I feel like we must move so I can be in nature, so that I can have my children in wildlife. And it reminds me, it's all around me. It reminds me that God provides for me in the places I don't think um, he can. And I just want to offer a few things that help me. 
no matter what, at least 10 to 15 minutes in scripture. And the thing that helps me with that is a quiet house. So if you can have time in a quiet house, quiet hospital room, car, wherever, that is life-changing for me. The other thing is I am noticing nature. This is the therapist in me. This is the mindfulness in me. Um, 100% present to watch a cloud shift forms and then push all thoughts that come in during that time out. The cloud matters. The geese flying over matter. The little dragonfly that just flew past my window matters because we are fighting for our children to have an earthly life. We have to know how to have one too. We have to see the beauty and the simplicity in this world or we will never see it in our children. We will always be waiting for that day that they maybe don't have day 18 or the day that they just take off running, the day that they start talking, the day that they um, look typical and act typical and maybe give us a glimmer that they'll grow up. Those just come. It's like um, grace. There's another, I think it is in Hope Floats, but I'm not sure. There's a movie where the lady says, grace just comes. It could have been Oprah too. (laughs) I think it might have been Oprah now that I think about it. Grace just comes. It's like grits. Um, That was the quote. It was, they were ordering food and she kept ordering grits and they were like, oh, grits just comes. Grits just comes with the meal. And she thought she was saying grace. And I think that's beautiful. Um, Grace just just comes. It's it's just there. So our children are going to have a beautiful life. If our children never talk, if our children never walk, and we spent months to years in a hospital taking care of them and being accused of making them suffer, we have to learn how to delight in all circumstances and how to calm our neurology, how to calm our um, nervous system. We can't live in fight or flight and ask our children to live an earthly life in panic mode. It becomes the chicken or the egg. Who takes us to panic mode? Is it Rose that's yanking me into crisis mode all the time and to live like a crazy person because she's chronically Um, sick or her prognosis is terminal so is it her pulling me into a tailspin and we live in this hell of um, T18 like the textbooks want us to believe or the people that shake their head at us getting major interventions want us to believe or is it me as a mom that has her live but then I yank her into my chaotic mind and yank her around where we don't even stop and smell the roses we don't even stop and um see the birds and by the way pun intended I literally need to stop and hold Rose on my chest and smell her head Um, I did that with all my children I probably have done that with Rose three times since we've been home I have other ways of calming Rose we have other little rituals I have other things that calm her down but it's time that I treat her like a person like a, a child with an earthly life that needs her nervous system calmed, that needs me to hold her and kiss her head and love her many more times than I do. But I can't do this the best for her until I do it for myself. 
It's not just go out and grab a glass of wine or spend five hours on Facebook getting support from strangers, which by the way is life-changing and I highly recommend it. <laughs> but, um, not the wine part, I don't drink wine, but, but I used to and if you do, that's great. Do it if you need it. But the other thing we need to do is um, the simple stuff. We need we need to. If you never did in your life, then start now getting excited about the little bird that just flew by and, and, and the cool grass on your feet and finding a cool pool on a hot day and finding a warm fireplace on a cold day. We have to just love all that stuff because that's the kind of stuff that is going to give our children a peaceful earthly life. And we can bring that to the hospital. When I'm in my right um, state of mind and calm, I can bring that to others in the hospital. I was on a high, I was on like a euphoria, gift of the Holy Spirit, like peace, peace that passes understanding. I was just in it when I met my friend Sarah. And now it's so funny, I'm barely ever there and I'm texting her constantly and she's putting me, <laughs> me back in check. It'll be fine. Rose will have a long life. Rose is good. You go do what you have to do. Um, just this beautiful example her life is to me and the way she raises her daughter. Um, but at the time I met her, she was scared because her daughter was intubated with rhino. And I just had this peace and I was like, oh, that's fine. We begged for our daughter to be intubated. Intubation means life. And I was just genuinely at this place of peace. And we need to get ourselves there because when we are in the hospital, who knows whose life we can touch. In turn, those people come back and help us. So it is a very noble cause to work towards, which is contentment and peace. I want to end with reading this from my devotional that just really, really spoke to me today. It's the September 11th devotional in Jesus is Calling by Sarah Young. And it says, this is the secret of being content in all circumstances. No matter what is going on, you can rejoice in your love relationship with me. So many people dream of the day when they will finally be happy, when they are out of debt, when their children are out of trouble, when they have more leisure time, and so on. While they daydream, their moments are trickling into the ground like precious balm, spilling wastefully in overturned bottles. Fantasizing about future happiness will never bring fulfillment because fantasy is unreality. Even though I am invisible, I am far more real than the world you see around you. My reality is eternal and unchanging. Bring your moments to me and I will fill them with vibrant joy. Now is the time to rejoice in my presence. Okay. So I just love that. And I'm a dreamer. And I will always be a dreamer. And I will always um, set future hopes and dreams and goals because they help me. However, I am convicted by that passage because it is true. I can't only live in a fantasy and have the moment sting and hurt so bad and just try to get through it till I'm to the next moment because I do do that. So some ways I want to encourage everybody today is to take care of themselves by calming the nervous system with deep breaths. Looking to nature 
and to our beautiful earthly life because that's where we're asking our children to be a part of their little bodies and their experience they could be in heaven very quick unfortunately most of us could go into any hospital and just slowly give up and we could just allow our children to go people in our tribe people that are full code for full intervention full care we don't do that um, our children do pass we do lose children and it's when all of our attempts are done and it's time to go so we do live on fight and flight a lot because we are fighting a system that doesn't think our children should have earthly life so what I'm saying within our private club to all of us is we better figure out how to have a simple peaceful neurologically calm time if we're going to ask our children to be a part of this earth. So um, for me, that is really changing me very slowly. It's coming very slowly, but I am definitely embracing it. And I hope this helps somebody today. I hope this also validates that if you have the pricklies and it stings and you're tired and you're fatigued and you're worn, you're not alone. We're all there with you. We're all tired. We're all scared. Um, but we also have joy and love and peace and a reason for keeping our children as healthy as they can be so they can experience this life. There is a reason. Um, they deserve it, and we deserve it too. So um, God bless you all, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'm recording this on September 11th, so I really want to just say a quick prayer for, for our country and for those um, that we remember today. Dear God, I want to thank you for the gift of life. I want to thank you for the gift of this earth and this time here. I want to thank you for America, for the blessings of being born into a country where I am safe, where we can have our voices be heard, where I have the honor of raising my children. I want to pray for those who we've lost and their families. I'm grateful for a heavenly hope knowing that those who suffer on earth We'll find peace in heaven. I pray for our entire country, Lord. You are God of all. I pray for all those around the world today. I pray for children being born into hardship and poverty. I pray for young minds and souls to be guarded and protected from people that may want to harm them. I pray for the innocence of the youth to remain. I pray for your spirit and will to find those all over the world. And in your perfect love, we can find safety and security. In Jesus' name.